everybody to Edge of the Rabbit Hole. I'm author and ghost historian Mike Ricksecker. With me as my co-host this evening is Victoria Monday. And down in the chat room, quarantine ghost moderating and haunting the chat. With us tonight is Andrea Perrin. She's back with us. I think it's probably the eighth, ninth, tenth time. I don't know. We've had Andrea on a lot because we just love her so much. <laughs> and uh, I have no idea what we're going to talk about tonight, but we always have something special whenever we have Andrea aboard. So, Andrea, welcome to the Edge of the Rabbit Hole. Uh, thank you, Mike. You know, you know you're one of my favorite human beings and <laughs> and Victoria is so lovely to meet you. Oh, you too. Uh, I've been so excited. <laughs> we're going to have a wonderful time. It'll be great. Absolutely. Uh, you now, as I told you just you feel free, Mike knows already. You may ask me absolutely anything, or we can just chat. Uh, but what I would like to do is open my remarks, if I could. Go ahead. Uh, just give everybody a little bit of hope, because we're going to get through this. We're going to get past this. And this is for about 10 years that I've been lecturing and writing and, and doing things much things in the paranormal, Mike knows that uh, I never do a lecture that I don't talk about the pending paradigm shift, that mm -hmm. there's going to be something on earth that happens that changes everything. And this is it. Yeah. The paradigm shift. And what's happening now is that every single human being has to confront our own mortality because there's a rogue novel virus that doesn't know any of us uh, and we don't know it. There's not a single person on the planet that's immune to its effects and it has shape-shifted our reality in a way that none of us would have anticipated or knew uh, that it could. Um, and early in January, it was quite early in January, I read my first uh, report about this novel coronavirus that had emerged in Wuhan province, China. And I remember I was up in Georgia at the time. And I remember sitting back in my chair after I read the article, I think it was in the Washington Post or the Times. And I said, this is it. This is the paradigm shift. This will change everything. By the time we get to the other side of this, there will be significantly less of us. And life as we knew it will never, ever be the same. We'll forget how life used to be as we make our necessary adjustments to this new presence in the world that will be with us for many years. You know, I hope and pray every day that the scientists that are working on uh, therapeutics and vaccines come up with that magic bullet, but there is no promise of that. Um, and so we have to learn that the way to really truly love each other is to keep our physical distance from one another. And, and the way to show common decency and respect is to completely cover our faces and not breathe on anybody. And it is so foreign to us as a society 
that it has created a great deal of emotional turmoil and so many people who are home and alone and isolated are really struggling emotionally. Um, I see it uh, every day on my different Facebook pages and people write to me constantly and they're asking me for some guidance and support through something that is just as new to me as it is to them. And so what I try to do is offer some spiritual uh, solace, some comfort uh, that we will get through this and that ultimately we will be closer for it. And I think that when the day comes that I can see Mike in person again and that would be fantastic. <laughs> it will, we'll have a whole new appreciation yes. for how much we love and adore each other. And, and that goes for our whole community because I don't think there's any community that's more touchy feely than the paranormal community. I mean, we can't do a paranormal conference without hanging all over each other. <laughs> just can't you this know is the true. contact yeah. is so important to the way that we communicate because most of us communicate through emotions you know through love and adoration and respect and humility and we honor one another but i can't do uh, a paranormal conference where i tell everybody get away stay away you know, namaste yeah. from a distance. <laughs> I, I would agree with that because you are absolutely so affectionate at these conferences and you're, you're just all about love and you're loving on everybody at these conferences. So I could not imagine you telling everybody to back off. It's just, it would no, be totally no. unlike you. Yeah. yeah. And I picture myself wrapped in bubble wrap with a straw out my mouth. <laughs> I just, I, I'm not saying it. I'm just not. Uh, so, the, you know, I did put up a post recently that, Virtually everything has been canceled for yeah. the year, yep. um, at least. And um, and when I was up in Georgia uh, between June and July 15th, I left on the 15th of June. I came back on uh, the 15th of July. And just before I left, my mother, who is not a crier, uh, got very misty and choked up. And she said, please promise me that you will not get on an airplane again this year. And, oh, wow. and I promised her. So, you know, I had to come home and make uh, some phone calls for the few events that fell toward the end of the year and just let people know that, you know, it's, it's, I don't feel safe and I don't believe that it's safe for anybody to travel. Um, not right now. Uh, and I'm down in COVID central, you know, whether I'm in Georgia or Florida, it's, you know, pretty much just as bad in both states. Yeah. So <clears throat> I put a post out telling everybody that I'm in absentia for the foreseeable <laughs> future. Um, but what I'm grateful for, and oh, thank God, when the whole world had to rely on the internet to be in touch with each other, that this baby didn't come crashing down. Right. Uh, and that everybody that runs the World Wide Web did whatever they needed to do to kind of give it a little boost. And, uh, you know, I don't get the whole cloud thing or any of that. <laughs> you know, clouds are in the sky. They're not part of a computer system. But, uh, you know, it, it held 
for us. And now we can get together and do this. And so for that, I am eternally grateful. And so that's it. I just said my little piece. <laughs> I couldn't great. imagine going through all this without the internet. I mean, it would be impossible. No. Yeah. It would be truly isolating. And yet 50% of the people in this country do not have access to the internet. 50%. Yeah, go wow. figure that. That is shocking. We need to fix that, you know, because they're the ones that are truly isolated that, you know, other than their televisions, you know, and whatever channels they get, that's it for them. And uh, this is how I stay in touch with everybody all over the world. So, um, you know, it's a, it's a wonderful thing to have. And um, I am actually a product of the last pandemic. Um, 1918 and 1919 um and my grandmother was the lone survivor in her family other than her father who came home and found her mother and his wife and her mother and all of her siblings dead wow and she was the only one that survived and he had no choice but to put her in an orphanage where she was raised yeah and it's... he didn't take her back until she was like 14 or 15 and he had remarried and and uh you know she was almost an adult by the time he was able to claim her back from the orphanage and my father is uh, her firstborn um so i have a little experience with pandemics and how devastating they can be and the people back then had nothing but the newspaper that's all they had to know what was right. going on uh, and it wasn't a true global pandemic because, of course, nobody got on 757s and flew all over the globe and carried the virus with them wherever they went. It was, uh, you know, it moved around the globe much more slowly on ships and so on. And um, so it was a different world. This is our first true global pandemic where virtually everybody on the planet will be affected and by the time it's over, I, I think most people will have either lost someone in their family or they will know of someone who has lost uh, loved ones to this scourge. Um, and that's what it is. But it really does change everything. And what we need to do is just embrace each other from afar and love each other as powerfully as we can um, the, in, in whatever way we can and just keep going and, and stay together as a community and stay together as humanity. And instead of dividing and fighting and you know scowling at one another, this is the time. If we're going to learn our lesson well from this, then this is the time for all of us to meet the challenge because if you know it's not just a bumper sticker, honey. We are all in this together. All of us are. And those that don't realize that and that are um, selfish in their approach to it um, aren't doing anybody, including their own loved ones, any good. So um, I hope that people finally get the message and understand that, uh, you know, it's time to metaphorically embrace and lock fingers and hold hands and uh, just send out as much love into the universe as we possibly can and we will triumph over it eventually 
Yeah, we will. And mm -hmm. um, I, I know what you mean about the uh, 1918, 1919 um, Spanish influenza. My, uh, I lost two uh, great grandmothers to that. My uh, grandfather went through something similar where he and his siblings were split up between different households within the family, um, except for my one aunt uh, who ended up becoming a foster child. But um, yeah, it, it greatly, greatly affected families back then. And we're experiencing some of that now. So I've seen some of the questions down here in the chat, like from Judy Wilson, you know, asking, you know, what spirit is now telling us about uh, this pandemic, but also, um, I'm curious, I know that, uh, you interact a lot with, uh, you know, with the extraterrestrials. So, you know, are there any messages there either from the ETs or from spirit that are coming to us about this? Well, I've been rather rude with them. Um, <laughs> it's, it's not my style to be rude at all, but you know, my attitude at the beginning of it, after, I guess it was, uh, my dad and I had flown up on March 10th to, I did one Paracon with Bruce Tango and with his son, Dave and Steve Gonzalez, um, in January on Cape May, New Jersey, which just got wiped out by the storm that just skirted past. Oh yeah. Oh my God, what a mess. And, uh, that was in January and February. I didn't have any events. And then March dad and I flew up to the farmhouse that I was raised in. Uh, to film a documentary for the CW network, which is supposedly coming out sometime this fall. Okay. Um, which, uh, and it turned out that March 11th um, was the day that the national emergency got declared. And when we flew back home on March 12th, what had been a full plane when I checked in the night before had 24 people on it. My dad and I were two of wow. them and when i walked into tf green airport in providence and it was a ghost town uh i realized that this was something that people were taking very seriously and i was actually glad for that but you know nobody had face masks or mm -hmm. you know i didn't even know where to go buy face masks it didn't occur to me to mask up at right. that point um and i came home and um uh, it was, you know, all I could do was just watch the news, watch the news, watch the news. And then I slept for about three weeks. Um, it was like I was making up for the last decade of sleep deprivation. Oh, wow. And it was just because it was such a, a sad and depressing thing that I was seeing happen. And the anxiety was awful, uh, just awful, especially knowing that my mother... I know that if my mother contracts this, she will succumb to it. And so we have to do everything in our power to keep her isolated and to make sure that she doesn't contract it. She's allowed to go out in the yard and like, that's it. Um, and so I slept a whole lot for the first two or three weeks, um, which seemed to calm me down. And then I got kind of edgy uh, no pun intended with the name of the show, uh, would be, <laughs> like, get the hell down here and take care of this now and do what you need to do. And, you know, like, oh, there's the kitty. There's a kitty. Oh, um, is she here? Uh, oh, she's in the there's... background. <laughs> That's Morgan. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hi, Morgan. Like Morgan Le Fay. 
Uh, actually, yes. Yeah, my daughter <laughs> named her. <laughs> I played Morgan Le Fay. Really? Camelot. Yes, I did. She was my my stellar role. I love oh. that role. Um, that's, that's my favorite musical. <laughs> it is. It's one of yep. my very favorites. It's fabulous. Uh, and so, um, okay, so I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, yes. And so, you know, I kind of got a little uh, rough with them and said, you know, if there was ever a time, you know, for you to intervene on our behalf, knowing that they can't do that, they can't. Uh, the only way that they can intervene is to shed light. The only way that they can intervene is to help raise the vibration of the planet. And part of the whole paradigm shift that's happening is for everything that is dark and evil and toxic to rise to the surface, which it certainly is doing. Um, and so that it can be cleansed by the light. And it's incumbent upon each one of us to be that light, to shed our light. And if you start shedding so much that your bulb gets really hot and you feel like it's <laughs> going to explode, just turn on, we each have a dimmer switch and you can, you know, just bring it down a little bit and let it cool and then you can turn it back up. And that's what I've been doing, you know, periodically. But the messages that I've been getting from them are very, very clear. Number one, six feet distance is not nearly enough. It's not nearly enough. Six feet doesn't cut it. So when you're distancing from people, try to double that if possible, because just this is an aerosolized um, uh, virus. And they didn't know that initially. They didn't know how little of it could actually make another person sick. And, you know, just coughing or even speaking loud or singing in a choir or projecting your voice out can send molecules of it and it's 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 very highly communicable it's about as contagious as anything has ever been i just thank god it's not ebola you know but yeah. it's still horrible it's extremely intelligent it's extremely intelligent it will host with no symptoms in numerous people who don't know they're sick and are spreading it so that all it wants to do is what we want to do. It simply wants to find a host in which to thrive and then replicate itself. It just wants to live and reproduce. That's it. Right. Um, but it's very smart about the way that it does it. So we have to be smarter. Um, the other message that I got from them is to eat what you crave, not what you want. I made that mistake. Hmm. And lived on ice cream for the first month. And, uh, <laughs> now I don't even want to talk about that. That's you know, it's funny. I actually ate a lot of ice cream there for a while too. So we must have been in sync somehow. We were baking well, bread like crazy, aren't we? <laughs> so much better than the chalky white pills. You know, yeah. you can get calcium any number of ways, but I was going for the ice cream, and um, and the other messages come together come together. Um, and so I keep hearing these messages. They're around all over the place. Um, in fact, we just shot off a missile from Cape Canaveral a few days ago, uh, heading toward Mars. And I went out early in the morning because Princess needed to go outside. And it was like 530 in the morning. So I woke up 
up with the tongue up my nose, which is indicative of mommy, you need to go out. <laughs> oh, she runs my freaking life now. And, um, and the sky was so active to the east. And Cape Canaveral is exactly due east from where I live. And I was like, yep, here they are. They're all checking it out because they know we're going up. We're going up. And they were all over the place with everything, you know, with the two astronauts coming back. They watch everything that we do all the time. And um, and I love them dearly. And I appreciate, I appreciate them uh, enormously. But um, one of the the shortest chapter in my new book, A Wonder to Behold, which isn't even out internationally yet. I haven't even released it yet on Amazon because I had to I had to add uh, an an ending, a proper ending to the new the last chapter, which is um, entitled uh, "This Is It: Welcome to the Paradigm Shift," because the whole book is about the pending paradigm shift. Right. in one way shape or form or another and um i couldn't put it out internationally until i felt that it was complete absolutely complete so i've written that it's being laid out and it'll be out by the end of the month because my oh, publisher was kind of on hiatus for a while just like all the rest of us uh so it took a little extra time but the hardbound expanded edition will be out at the end of August. And uh, it really has, I think, a very telling element of, uh, you know, more of, uh, I expounded more on, you know, what I opened the show with tonight. Uh, but it is, um, I think that it is so important for us to, you know, a lot of people are internalizing a lot of uh, anxiety and a lot of fear. Uh, and I just want people to, this is a legitimate fear. So many of us, our lives are ruled by illegitimate fear, but this is real and this is legitimate. And so it's okay to feel afraid, but we can conquer it. We just need to conquer it together. So those are the messages that I'm getting from the galactic family. And, you know, the, the shortest chapter in the book is called the chicken and the egg. And it's about how the little baby chick has to peck its own way out of its egg. And if we break that egg for it, the baby chick will die. Um, and so the message there, which I got from them several years ago in a very unusual way, um, is that uh, they can't do this for us. We have to do this ourselves because the amount of energy and strength that we build pecking our way out of our three-dimensional shell and coming into the fourth and the fifth and multiple dimensions of our understanding of the universe must happen from within to without. And if they break that shell for us, we won't survive. Um, and because the amount of energy that it takes to break out of the shell is equivalent to the amount of energy that is required to live on the other side of it. So Can I ask you for everybody? No, go right okay. ahead. I've already oh, no, no. Talked about, I don't know so much. Time. This is going along with it. Um, something I personally identify with, um, I found out about three or four years ago, is a light worker. Yeah. And um, do you think the pen personally, I have been going behind the scenes and checking on like obscure friends I haven't heard from in years. I'm like, hey, how you doing? Are you okay? This is something I do 
I've been doing for months now. Do you think that the pandemic is kind of activating more and more light workers? Yes, absolutely. There are a lot of people now that have been wandering around this earth for a very long time who wondered why they were here and feel like complete total misfits and, you know, just kind of fake it till you make it thing. And I was one of them for many, many decades. Uh, and it wasn't until about 10 years ago that I realized why I'm here uh, and turned, you know, picked up a pen and started on an actual old fashioned typewriter writing um, the trilogy, uh, House of Darkness, House of Light to tell our story about growing up at the farm. And, um, and I suddenly realized what my purpose here was to live all of these experiences and have all of this happen to me, no matter how strange or weird throughout my life and then muster the courage to speak my mm -hmm. truth, whether that be in front of a thousand people in a live audience or in a book. Um, and it wasn't until I began that process that I felt comfortable in my skin, honest to God, till I realized right. why I was here. And uh, just like you, Victoria, so many, particularly women, um, are, you know, who are empathic, who are picking up on all the energy, the swirling energy. Mm -hmm. This planet is vibrating in a way that has never been measured before. I mean, the hertz are off the chart. If you follow the, the vibrational field of the planet, mm -hmm. you know, it generally fluctuates between 2.7 and 7.9 hertz. And we're, and Right now, as of March 31st, it was registered at 170 hertz. You know, that's like, boom. And a lot of that is fear, but a lot of that is love. Was and that also when they had the day of meditation? You know, when um, everything spiked off the charts that day? Off the charts, off the charts, which proves that thoughts are things and oh, yeah. that we can use our mind and our energy and our consciousness to literally change this planet mm -hmm. and the life that is on it. That's proof right. of that. That's how you manifest. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm personally inspired by it. I truly am. I am inspired by this process that is going on because yes, there's toxic stuff that's rising and yes, it's ugly and yes, it's hateful. And, but there's more goodness. There's more love. There's more you know, people appreciation for each mm -hmm. other um, than I have ever felt before. And yes, I feel the grief. I feel the loss and the sadness and, you know, people not even being able to say goodbye to their loved ones, except over FaceTime. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If they're fortunate enough to have a nurse by, you know, their grandma who is leaving the earth and all they can do is say goodbye over a phone. I mean, it's just, it's awful and yet i try to keep it in perspective and think you know back in the in the 1918 1919 time period they they couldn't say goodbye at all because they all died together in the same house you know it was you know there were no hospitals the way we have them now certainly not the way we have them now nobody had phones nobody had uh, any way to communicate with each other in a long distance way. 
Um, and so as sad and horrible as it is, uh, you know, there are liabilities, obviously, but we also have some assets that we can tap into to let people know how much we love them. So, you know, we just have to absorb this and adjust. And if there's one thing human beings do well, it's adapt mm -hmm. to our environment. Yeah. So as long as we keep our chins up, you know, the British saying, keep calm and <laughs> carry on. You know, that's all that we can do. It is. Right. Are, are you doing well, Mike? Are you doing well? Are you getting through this? You know, maintaining yeah. your best self and your higher self through this? I, I'm trying, you know, I, and I think that's uh, the best that we can do is, you know, to try as hard as we can to keep pushing forward and maintain a positive attitude about all of this. I mean, yeah, I've known people that have um, that have contracted this and, you know, an, another strain that it puts on it with all of uh, COVID going on, it takes away the resources from other things you know, illnesses and, um, and, maladies, and maladies that are out there. Um, and so I've known people that have, have needed to go to the hospital for one thing or another, and they're unable to be treated because of, you know, COVID going on. And so they're suffering too. So it, it's been a strain. And, you know, I, I, you know, I pray for them and I put positive energy out there in the universe for them, you know, knock on wood. I've been, this is plastic though, but <laughs> knock on wood, I've been okay. Um, but yeah, there's, there's others that I know that are struggling. Yeah. 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 Well, let me introduce you to my saving grace. Here. <laughs> this oh. <laughs> is the princess Buttercup. Aww. And her nickname is Peanut. My mother and father both separately nicknamed her Peanut. And <laughs> so now she is the princess Peanut Buttercup. Well, we have a cat right here at my feet. We have three upstairs. We rescued them all right before they died. They just kind of uh, come to me. You know? <laughs> I know they come to me too. This one was found the day I found out about COVID. This one showed up on the highway in front of my mother's house. Oh, wow. It took me three days to save her. It took me three days to rescue her. But mm -hmm. I finally got her and she trusted me. And she was, a, oh my God, there was nothing to her. She was about three and a half pounds. Um, she was just all skin and bones and had probably escaped from a puppy mill, probably. Oh, oh wow. And, um, you know, we took her to the vet and checked for a chip. She had no tags. She had nothing. And obviously had no care. Her, I mean, her nails were so long. I know, babe. <laughs> Look in the camera house. So everybody sees how beautiful you are. Brings now new meaning to Buttercup Brigade. <laughs> that's right she's the mascot for the right. buttercup she is she's my sweet baby here you go lay down here and wait for mommy yeah we had a feral cat actually bring us a kit uh, <laughs> just on the doorstep it was about two hours I, i'm near houston we fled you know every time a cloud yeah. goes by so um it was it was about two or three hours before we flooded and i'm sure the kitten would have drowned oh. so he's upstairs now <laughs> well the you know, if, if, if anybody out there is lonely and feels like they need that they have all this love built up in them and there's just, you know, they have to be able to express it. I encourage everybody empty. Let's empty the shelters 
of America. Mm -hmm. Let's find a shelter that's got an animal that needs a home and needs love and bring that animal into your life and into your family because I rescued her. I saved her, but then she turned around and she saved me yeah. right now. Uh, they are goofy little sweet. kids. <laughs> yep, they are. And they stay that way, which is so fabulous. Oh my God. <laughs> we have two tuxedo cats and they're at the point now where I can't tell them apart, so they have to wear different colored ties to, to go with their tuxedo. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Great. <laughs> So we do have a uh, well, a couple questions down in the chat, but uh, some people, and this one's from Judy Wilson, are wondering what will happen after the shift. An entirely new awareness mm -hmm. is about to come forward. Uh, an entirely new awareness, and this has a lot to do with the galactic family. Um, the government in December of 2017 released the first official disclosure on their existence about a week ago after they said, oh, well, okay, we shut that whole program down and we're not really studying that anymore. Then they, they outed themselves as liars, you know, because yeah. I just consider the government the lying liars that lie. <laughs> and so um, they really outed themselves and let the word out that they've got uh, pieces of uh, vessels. Well, they've got a lot more than pieces of vessels. Oh, sure. Yeah. And, <laughs> uh, you know, they're giving us this of this, you know, so it's, um, it is, it is uh, a time of a new awareness. Now, I think that in 2017, when the government first released this and it came out of the Department of Defense, um, but really out of the Navy. Uh, Louis Elizondo and their crew of people that had, right. uh, had sightings that could not be denied and they weren't willing to just not talk about it. Um, that was the, the very beginning. That was official disclosure. Um, but they're, you know, feeding us, as I describe in the book, like, you know, pablum to babies. Um, but because I work in this field and so much of my research uh, is, you know, delving very deeply into and actually knowing people that work in the field in the government, I have access to more information. And They've uh, given us what I describe as a snowflake on the tip of an uh, iceberg as big as Antarctica. <laughs> I believe that. It's true. So, Absolutely. Um, we are, they know we're in crisis. They um, feel, they feel the same pain that we feel because they love us and they are us and we are them. And that's the awareness that is going to surface uh, over the next year or two, that uh, more and more people will have more and more sightings. Uh, the, uh, Mike, I know you follow this pretty closely. Mm -hmm. The plethora of sightings that are coming through, um, MUFON is overwhelmed with oh, yeah. um, sightings. And it's not just because people are home and you know, they're, they're looking up at the sky more. They're being drawn to this. 
And the only way that they can help us right now, literally, as I said, is to help raise the vibration of the planet. Um, and they're just shooting crystalline light at us and our uh, DNA is changing. Night dad. Um, <laughs> my, God. my protective dog just growled. Good night, Roger. <laughs> uh, dad, sneak in for a second and say hi to my, your roommate from Sault Ste. Marie. Oh, really? <laughs> hey, Roger, how you doing? You go. Hey, good to see you. <laughs> Hope you've been well. <laughs> and this is Victoria, as Hi. in Victoria. Really? Yes, isn't she lovely? <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, she got the wave down. <laughs> got the wave down. <laughs> Nice. Yeah, well, you know that. Could see, be see, Roger still has it. He still has it. That's Sly Dog. <laughs> I know, I know it, Mike. Honest to God, I love you, sweetheart. See you in the morning. Make me coffee. Make sure it's strong. <laughs> I tell my daughter that I say, um, "Good night, sweet dreams. I love you, and um, I'll be." waiting for breakfast in bed she goes well i guess you're gonna be waiting where's the love where's the love you know yeah, where is it <laughs> you'll be lucky if you can get the cats to cook it for you that's oh what god I'm <laughs> so uh anyway this is all coming to pass now um and it's just more and it's it's a a, a raising of our consciousness cumulatively the raising of human consciousness is happening and sadly but truly the most effective way to raise human consciousness is to break our hearts wide open wide open to fracture us wide open where the pain is so overwhelming and the grief is so permeating our species our race that um as the um, leonard cohen wrote uh there is a crack in everything that's how the light gets oh, that's true and that's what's happening now and it will be a very very painful ordeal and no one out there should be surprised if we just in the united states lose well more than a million people through this process um but this is something that we have to go through for the betterment of the entire human race so that we get to the point in consciousness where we understand that we are one family. We are one. And all the division falls away. And when that happens, we will be healed. You know, it's really interesting if you follow astrology at all. This entire year, the planets are in the exact same position they were in 1776. Yeah. So, I mean, look what happened then, you know. <laughs> so this is like the, I keep telling my friends, like, we're actually moving to the place where we can be on the bridge of the enterprise, where we're all equal and we're all, um, you know, there's no racism and no sexism and we're just people. Yeah. People that just mm -hmm. love each other because we exist. Yeah. And when we achieve that en masse, when we achieve that, everyone else will come along for the wild and wonderful ride. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Angela, let me ask you something. Do you think that 
we've been through this as as a race before, as a species before, that this is all cyclical and this is just our moment, our time for it to happen in this age and that this has happened in previous ages? Yes. Um, not this specific thing, but... Um, something similar? Yes, something similar, whether it be... Uh, I think that a, a pivotal change in humanity occurred during World War II um, with the first use of nuclear weapons. We still haven't learned to abolish all nuclear weapons. Uh, but on the other side of this, as our consciousness is elevated to a point of, I think, a realization of oneness, um, they will no longer be necessary. Um, there will always be, I think there will always be conflict in the world. I think that we live in a three-dimensional, five-sensory, dualistic realm that almost requires, uh, I don't know if that's exactly the right word, but certainly utilizes that conflict uh, between good and evil. Um, it's like the the scrim, the backdrop, the darkness is what causes us to be able to see the light. Um, you know, and I've already told the galactic family, you know, I don't want to come back here. I'll, you know, send me anywhere. You know, if I'm on a mission, send me someplace else. Uh, and it's not that earth isn't beautiful and that humanity isn't beautiful, but the pain and the loss and the grief of the temporary nature of this life on this planet is overwhelming. And I don't, I don't want to do this again. I don't know if I have a choice or not. Um, and I don't know if reincarnation as we envision it actually exists, but I suspect that, uh, as you said, Michael, everything is cyclical. And you and I have talked about this privately as well. Yeah. You know, I mean, we do get into some deep stuff when we we're do. hanging out together. <laughs> um, and um, yeah, I, I, I tend to agree with that. None of us have any of the answers. And that's part of the fascination and the curiosity of life is the mystery of it. Uh, what keeps us growing spiritually, what keeps us in our ascension process. Um, but humanity um, has been through great trials and great ordeals in the past and will be again. Absolutely. Uh, Victoria, I know you had some additional questions. So um, we've got about 20 minutes left in the show. You want to throw some of those out there? Um, it was mainly about the light workers. We kind of covered that. Um, when I was probably three, I remember seeing a lady in my room and my mom and my sister were arguing and screaming and yelling. And the lady appeared in my room and she said, you are not like them. You're one of us. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay. And I went and asked my mom, who's this lady? And she's like, oh, you're just imagining things. And now it's all starting to come together the last four or five years. Victoria, uh, what did she look like, honey? Honestly, she looked like one of the fairy godmothers from um, Sleeping Beauty. <laughs> mm -hmm. but but that might have been because I was three. You know, she was a shorter lady with gray hair. Um, I remember she had a shawl on. I mean, I'm only three, so she's not much taller than me. Um, but she was very sweet. But she wanted to make a point to let me know, I don't worry about what's going on in the other room because you're not part of that family. Yeah. You're part of our family. 
and then she left. Mm-hmm. And has, I mean, is that something normal? Is that is that have you heard that before? Or yes, I have heard that before. Actually, okay. um, I was just wondering if if she was an ET that shape shifted, or if she actually appeared more like uh, uh, like a tall white, for instance, um, mm-hmm. which is one of the the um, my connections with the extraterrestrials are with several different races. Um, the tall whites, uh, Pleiadians. Um, no, I, ha- I had someone, yeah, I had someone tell me um, when I was in my early 30s, she described me perfectly, my traits and everything, and my habits, and she goes, you know, you're from the Pleiades. I'm like, what's that? You know, I'd never even heard of that. And she's like, okay, well, you need to go do some research. And then I started finding all this information out, and then here comes information on light workers. I'm like, oh, okay. And this is all starting, like a deck of cards are all falling together now. I'll send you a copy of my book. I've only oh, it privately for the last year as I've done the finishing touches for the hardbound edition. Uh-huh. And, you know, um, I really would love, it would be my pleasure to oh, thank a copy you. of it to you. Oh, that, oh, I'm so honored. Will, Thank I you. I think that it will, it'll open up a lot of doors and it'll, uh, it'll ask a lot of questions for mm-hmm. you to answer for yourself, but it also might answer some things for you as well. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. And as I, as I share more with my daughter, she's actually starting to listen now <laughs> and she's starting to develop these traits too. Like she's off with some friends tonight who, you mm-hmm. know, are going through a rough time. So they're socially distancing, but they're all together. That's marvelous. As long as they're safe, that's wonderful. Mm -hmm. Because really, that's all that we can do right now is support Mm -hmm. each other through this very difficult time and understand that everybody is reacting to it in a slightly different way. And just be compassionate. Mm -hmm. You know, when people are are anxiety ridden, when people are tearful, when people are frightened, you know, just even metaphorically hold their hand, give them a ghost hug, you know, let them know that they are not alone. Exactly. Um, And that's, to me, that's a great comfort because I've known my whole life virtually that we're not alone in the universe. Mm -hmm. And that has brought me extraordinary comfort throughout my life since I was a child. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I keep trying to tell her that, you know, people just want to be heard they want to be validated and they want to be loved that's all they really want i think that the in this language or any other whether you say tiamo or jatam or i love you i think that's the most important phrase that any of us can say to each other but right on its heels in terms Mm -hmm. of powerful words are i believe you and that's right. I've seen firsthand what happens at my table. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> um, and people will come up to me and they'll tell me something that they have never ever told anybody that happened to them, just like what you just said, mm-hmm. uh, so freely and with such ease because you accepted it. Um, but most of these folks never were able to accept it. Never told their family, their siblings, their parents, their spouse, their own kids, but they'll come up to me and trust me enough to tell me their deepest secret about a paranormal experience that they had 
and will very often dissolve into tears. And usually what triggers that are those three words, I believe you. Yeah, that's it, exactly. That validation that makes all the difference. And I tell them, as I wrap my arms around them, give me your pain, give it to me. Mm -hmm. Give it to me as though you're giving me a gift because I'm not going to keep it. It will leave me instantly. It will not weigh me down. You know, but whatever it is that's weighing you down, give it to me now mm -hmm. and then you will be free of it for the rest of your life. Um, and it is just a remarkable thing that happens. And I consider, I do consider it a gift to take someone's pain from them. I do. Mm -hmm. And I'm like a conduit of sorts. It's like I'm an open vessel and it just comes into me and then whoosh, it's gone. Right. It's gone. That's cool. You know? And so if I can do that for people, then my purpose on this earth has been served. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it's like being a healer almost. It just mm -hmm. comes and goes through you. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting a download right now. So uh, they're telling me, yes, yes. That's, uh, yeah. Oh, goodness. So so what are the cats symbolizing here? <laughs> Why do we keep getting cats now? <laughs> uh, well, because they're part of the galactic family. <laughs> they're, they're just, they, they are, uh, they are sacred and holy creatures and far more intelligent than any of us are. So you know, I, yeah. I heard once that, um, cats and dogs are actually, as you say, from the galactic family and they were brought here to earth to, to teach, teach us, us how to love unconditionally. Get out of my mind. It's <laughs> <laughs> exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. yeah, and that's so true. I mean, you know, because yeah, I'm on their time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Center of my mm -hmm. universe. She's laying right here next to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> She's named Princess Buttercup for a reason because my three words to her are "as you wish." Oh, that's, uh, that's my favorite movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just meet every need. I am her lady in waiting to serve her. Mm -hmm. And um, she is um, she is the princess, the peanut. And you know, yeah. I mean, honest to God, when I just want to throw something at the television, or I just want to scream my bloody head off in frustration, all I have to do is look at this imbecile play with her her one of her silly little toys and throw it in the air and then pounce on it and then roll over upside down on it. And I'm hysterically laughing. And all that angst just washes away instantly. Mm -hmm. instantly. Yeah. So yes, yeah. everybody should go rescue an animal. If you can <laughs> rescue you right back. Yeah, I was telling Mike earlier that um, we grow catnip out back because we have so many cats. Yeah, now. that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, yeah, crazy house here. <laughs> So I have a couple other questions and comments from the chat. You kind of answered this one uh, a little bit earlier, Andrea. Uh, but do you think since the government, this is from Sandra Griffin, uh, but do you think since the government has admitted there are now uh, UFOs that there'll be more visits from extraterrestrials? There won't be any more or any less. Um, you know, the thing, the thing that aggravates the living hell out of me is how they're so misrepresented. They pose no threat to us at all, at all. They're so technologically advanced, so spiritually elevated beyond any concept of what we have developed 
that they look at us more as as their children um and they love us and you know that thing that happened in uh 04 off the uss nimitz off san diego they were just playing and making their presence known in a big way but they were no threat to our military at all they never have been and they never will be um you know we're like kids playing with little building blocks compared to them so they just look at us they just their concern, their deepest concern for us is that we're going to uh, just destroy ourselves. And that's a valid concern, you know, because we're, you know, we have on more than one occasion been right on the precipice of nuclear war. We have been right on the precipice of, you know, I mean, we're destroying our planet at an enormous rate. Um, And they just want us to wake up and to understand that this is the great awakening. This is uh, coming to terms with our own mortality, but also coming to terms with the finite existence of a fragile planet and how we're doing more harm than good here. Um, And we're getting there slowly, but surely we're getting there. Uh, They help us in innumerable ways. Every time somebody makes visual contact or telepathic contact or has a visitation of some kind it alters them in fundamental and permanent ways Hmm. they're never the same person again they never think the same way uh their emotions are altered by it and deepened um they feel what i refer to as higher love for the Hmm. first time in their lives and you can't go back from that you can't unlearn unfeel unknow unthink that kind of um, um, transformational experience. And so the more we have those transformational experiences as a race, uh, and the more we find the bravery to share that with other people, and it does take courage, it does. Um, uh, The more enlightened we will become and the more illuminated humanity becomes in uh, in that journey toward a realization of oneness, uh, the less we will backtrack. And so, um, yeah, I think that uh, this is a process and nobody is higher. It's not like climbing a ladder where I'm at a higher rung than you are, or you are, or you are, or you are, you know, and you need to hurry up and catch up with me. It's not that. We are all where we belong right now, this moment, in our evolutionary process as individuals, but also cumulatively as the human race. So what I tell people is if you feel helpless and you feel hopeless, the best thing that you can do for yourself and for everyone that you share this beautiful ball of rock with is to set an intention for what you want the world to be and hold that intention in mind and revisit it as frequently as you can. Visualize what you want the world to be like on the other side of this and how we get there, that process. And just hold that intention. You know, you might get frustrated because you'd like to be able to go help pass out food at the food bank 
or you wish that you were in a position that you could have gone and marched um, for George Floyd and so many others that have lost their lives in untenable ways, in unbelievable ways, you know, and all of that is true and real and pure and good to want to do that, but maybe not be in a position where you could. You know, uh, I don't think the streets of America could have held all of us, you know, that really wanted to be a part of this standing up for human rights. Um, but you can do it right here because thoughts are things. Everything that exists in our physical plane of action that we as human beings have created first began as a thought, as a notion, as a concept, as an idea, maybe even as a dream. And then we created it from that point of light. So be that point of light right here and hold that. And together we will heal the world. Nice. That's very that's, nice. That's such a sweet <laughs> sentiment. And I absolutely agree with you. Um, I have to throw in this comment. Uh, our Hunter Road Media's Fairy Queen, Diane Hilbert, says, hello, Annie. But she also is <laughs> she also is asking you, do you think we'll have to wear face masks forever? Mm, no, I don't. Although it's probably a good idea, as uncomfortable as it is, because, you know, flu season's going up and we all spread everything. Everything that we pick up from each other is pretty much spread through us breathing on each other, kissing each other, hugging each other, being close. But, you know, I refuse to live that way indefinitely. You know, I got to get my hands on people and get, you know, plant my lips on foreheads <laughs> and, you know, wrap my arms around. I just have to. It's how I'm made. That's who you are. Uh, yeah. But it is. But um, I think that this is going to scare some people so much that probably in social or um, uh, compact settings, they probably will uh, get so used to it, adjust to it, that they'll feel odd when they don't do it in the same way that they felt odd the first time they did do it. So for some people, yeah, they'll probably will look at, you know, China. You, you take just pictures of uh, just life in China prior to the pandemic, and most people in China wore masks, not only because the air is pretty much unbreathable over there, but because they don't want to spread germs amongst each other. And, um, and I get that. And that might become a, a thing worldwide, uh, and that wouldn't necessarily be a bad thing because really what you're doing is showing your care and concern protecting others from yourself. That's the whole point of it. Okay. So, and, yeah, maybe. Uh, one last question here before we have to wrap it up. This is from Paranormal Voice. Uh, do you think COVID-19 was a freak of nature, man-made, or brought to the planet from another species? I don't believe that it was brought to the planet from another species because they wouldn't ever do anything to hurt us. Uh, I don't believe that for a second. Was it developed uh, and genetically mutated in a lab? We may never know that. I think the uh, Ackman's razor, the most likely um, um, explanation is the simplest, that it was just another emerging virus in a world full of viruses. Uh, and it was probably first contracted in a very uh, unhealthy, unsanitary um, wet market 
in China. Um, and as an actually started spreading around the world much sooner than it was identified. Um, and that we can defeat it the same way that we can defeat so many other things. You know, we still don't have a cure for AIDS, but we have therapeutics that make it, that render it powerless over us um, 25 years after it emerged on the planet. Ebola. Uh, you know, most viruses come from animals that we shouldn't be eating or that were slaughtered in an unsanitary setting or, you know, it's, it's just um, maybe we should just reconsider eating animals. Mm -hmm. Maybe we should just love them and appreciate them and not kill them for food. Uh, that, you know, <laughs> just a thought. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, um, no, I think that it was probably a naturally emerging thing. And I think it emerged precisely when it was supposed to, because if it hadn't, it, it, if this wasn't the time of the emergence and the Great Awakening, uh, I think it's fascinating that it happened in 2020 um, because, you know, we associate those numbers with 2020 hindsight. And yet, right. not, not only are we looking back over life as we once knew it, so not so long ago, but now what is required of us is some 2020 foresight. What does life look like from here on out? How do we protect and love and nurture and care for each other in a different way when it is written into our hard drive to love each other the way that we have? And now it's time to learn a new way to love, at least for the foreseeable future. Mm -hmm. A new vision. Yeah. Yes, a new there vision. You go. And hold it. <laughs> well, I hate to tell you this, my friend, but we are at our hour mark. We're actually a minute past it. <clears throat> so it's been absolutely wonderful having you back on the show. Now, you said uh, a wonder to behold. You said hardback edition is coming out the end of the month? Yes, it's an expanded edition with some new photographs and, uh, and the extra add-on to the last chapter about here it is. This is, you know, welcome to the paradigm shift. Uh, and it will be available on Amazon worldwide. Uh, but it's also available in a full color edition through me. And so uh, anybody that wants it, I'll post how to get it from me directly signed with uh, a little gift in every book. Um, and Mike, you have to uh, send me Victoria's oh, contact you. information. I will. Are you on my friends list? Okay, do that. And I'll send you a book out. Oh. I have about a dozen of the original first printing left. And uh, so I'll send one to Mike and one to you, uh, the last of the last, and then, yeah, we'll get some new ones. You can see I'm a book nerd. <laughs> yeah, there's a few books back there. Yeah. That's just some of them. All three of us are, so, you know. Yeah. <laughs> totally book nerds, yep. All right. And uh, will that be available you. on your website, too? Yes, I'm refurbishing my website, among other things, and it will be available for sale directly from me, full color edition, off my website in about a month. Okay, yep. fantastic, fantastic. Well, my friend, thank you very much for coming back on the show. We'll have to have you back again soon. We always really enjoy having you be a guest here on Edge of the Rabbit Hole. Oh, I love it. I truly do. Thank you so much for inviting me. Victoria, it was entirely my pleasure to meet you. We will oh, be you in too. touch. 
Oh, we yeah. have a lot to talk about. Yes. This is my honor. <laughs> I, I, I'm speechless, which is something new. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Stay safe, my friend. Mm. Love you. Good Love night. You too. Thank you.